It's probably going to get sloppy and messy and gross in Keenan Stadium on Saturday, but uh, it's always entertaining with football in the rain. What a way to start conference play, huh? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, September 30th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget the show is free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a second of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKED ON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. All right, first off today, uh, just a, a couple things outside of Carolina uh, specific things that just kind of affect all of us, either as sports people or around the world. First off, for those of you that uh, watched, uh, Thursday night football last night, you probably saw what went on with Tua Tagovailoa. And so just want to say prayers up to him. And we got to be better with this con- concussion uh, issue. We cannot mess with the heads of uh, these football players. These are human beings and we got to value them over winning football games. Secondly, for those of you who are currently or looking to be affected by the hurricane, I just want to let you know thoughts and prayers are with you, whether that's you personally or family or other loved ones. Um, Please be safe and be smart. Speaking of which, Anthony Pagnotta unfortunately couldn't join us today because of the weather and how that affected some of his schedule. And so Pagnotta, we miss you, brother. Hope uh, to have you back on for next week's football game preview. Another thing affected by the weather, unfortunately, that we got to touch on before we get into our game preview is live action. You probably know this um, information by now, but live action with Carolina basketball, which is supposed to be tonight, it's Carolina's late night, has been pushed back to next Friday. Everything else is the same. Six o'clock doors, 730 event, uh, you know, all of that. It's going to be on ACC Network Plus, blah, 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 blah. But um, uh, another thing that affects is recruiting. You might or might not be aware, typically when you have big events like this, you bring in as many recruits as you can get in the door uh, to get a glimpse of what's going on, particularly in a year like this, where you're coming off uh, a national championship run and just falling short, making it to the national championship game, and then the huge expectations on this year. These recruits want to come and be seen and be part of it, and so that's going to be a thing. But Two of the major names we were watching for live action are um, Zayden High, who is part of the class of 2023, the last remaining big target, at least currently, and then Boogie Fland from the class of 2024. As for Zayden High, uh, I've been told by some sources very close to the situation that the High family decided to come on this weekend, even though live action got pushed back. Because this was the only weekend that their whole family could make it. And so I want to be sure, um, more important that the whole family's there than that they be able to attend live action. And so just there's the update there. As for Boogie Fland, um, it came out on Thursday night that they are going to delay his official visit. Um, 
the the messaging wasn't clear on if he will actually come for live action next weekend or delayed to another date, but he will not be in Chapel Hill this weekend. We know that for sure. And so I'll keep you up to date as we learn more about that, how Zayden High's experience went this weekend, and then also when we find more specifics about Boogie Fland. We will let you know that as soon as possible. All right. North Carolina, Virginia Tech, that's what's coming up tomorrow right inside Keenan Stadium. And as I said, we're expecting, uh, you know, some sort of rainy conditions. Who knows um, how much this game will actually be affected by um, the, the symptoms, we'll say, of the hurricane and the rain that comes along with that. But uh, the expectation is that it's going to be messy and gross. And so I think the big question we're watching is how much exactly will that affect everything? We're obviously going to uh, talk about that as we look about, uh, as we always do when Carolina has the ball and when Virginia Tech has the ball. But the biggest thing we got to talk about is just how how things are continuing to go seemingly sideways with the defense. Um, you start conference play tomorrow, Saturday. If you're going to make a change, if you're going to like flip the script, kind of similar to what Carolina basketball did last year, now is the time. You have, as I said last week, no more mulligans, no more margin, no more wiggle room. You have to do it this weekend, tomorrow, Saturday, against Virginia Tech. This is your run, hopefully, all the way to the conference championship game. I've been saying it till I'm blue in the face, but the Coastal Division is wide open, so go and make it happen. Do it, do it, do it. Another thing you might or might not have heard this this week, but Jonathan Kim, the kickoff specialist, decided to transfer away from the program. I'm not sure if you're familiar with how redshirting works, but if you play more than four games, then you uh, use a year of eligibility. But if you play four or fewer games, you have not used a year of eligibility. So with this being Carolina's fifth game, Jonathan Kim really wants to be a place kicker, kicking field goals and extra points and things like that. Obviously, as you know, did not win that job this year over Noah Burnett, and so has ultimately decided to transfer out of the program. So he's done and gone. And so one of the big things, you know, usually when we're doing these previews, we're talking pretty specifically offense and defense, but we really need to keep our eye on how special teams go. Uh, as you know, I mean, it's specifically in kickoff. No, nothing's going to change on field goals and things like that. But Jonathan Kim as a weapon in the kickoff game and how many touchbacks he consistently gets for the Tar Heels is a huge weapon in the special teams unit. And so we'll have to keep our eyes on that. And here's the big thing for me to just keep watching. Carolina has this huge dichotomy between their offense and defense. The offense in total yardage is 16th right now in the country. One of just 16 schools, in fact, averaging over 500 yards a game. They're right at the bottom at that cut line of 500, but them and all the 15 teams above them are averaging 500 yards a game or more scoring. The defense on the other side, there are 131 teams in FBS. Carolina is 126th in terms of total defensive yards allowed. That dichotomy is crazy. Now, Notre Dame's was pretty nuts too last week. Uh, currently now they are 57th in defense, 95th in offense. But here's the thing. Virginia Tech's is even wider, just kind of like Carolina's. Virginia Tech is 10th in defense, so they are stingy, stingy on defense, but they're 107th in offense. So almost 
uh, as big a dichotomy as what the Tar Heels have. It's right in that same range, just flip-flopped. And remember last week we talked about Notre Dame's strength being defense versus Carolina's strength being offense and Notre Dame's weakness being offense versus North Carolina's weakness being defense. It's that same thing this week, but an even, even more dramatic split for both teams um, than it was last week against Notre Dame. And so really, really interested to see how that is going to play out. And obviously I'm going to unpack that for you as we talk about when Carolina has the ball and when Virginia Tech has the ball. We're going to get into the Tar Heels with the ball right after I tell you about Underdog. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up this college football season. I've created my own account with Underdog, and I'll tell you um, that I'm going to be looking to make some great picks on some over-unders. You just go in, find your team or other teams. Taken Like last week, I was taking Drake Mays over at like 248 passing yards, and I was taking... Uh, the the under for Notre Dame's Jack Pine uh, on his passing yards. And so go find it, see what you want to do, and just pick the over or under. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two to five players across any team. Remember, as I said, it doesn't have to be the Tar Heels or Virginia Tech and decide if they will finish higher or lower than the given stat. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. So Sign up with promo code locked on one word and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit 100, get 100 free. That's a great offer. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on all one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. Okay, so let's get to this. When North Carolina has the ball, what am I watching for? this week. Well, one of the biggest things we saw last week, boy, oh boy, welcome back Antoine Green. This was great news for the Tar Heels. We know um, that in it had two huge touchdown receptions, an 80-yarder and a 64, I believe, was the second one. And man, oh man, this is great news for Drake May. We saw what, what Sam Howell would often do, just those deep bombs um, going to like Deami Brown, those kind of things, and how that would take the lid off the defense. So then you can get all those under under underneath throws. Well, Drake May already has all those with, with Josh Downs, Kobe Pesor, the tight ends. You see those those underneath and a little bit shorter throws. But man, oh man, with Antoine Green and being that vertical threat, how much is that going to open up things for Drake May in the passing game? And with the passing game in general, again, we, we talked about this last week, but I'm really curious to see how Carolina continues to utilize all these threats, all these receiving threats between Josh Downs, Kobe Pesor, JJ Jones, Antoine Green, Andre Green, the freshman, like Gavin Blackwell, like it just keeps going. You got to get all these guys some reps. You got to get them all on the field because these are all guys you uh, really trust to make plays because they've been showing it. Not to mention... The tight ends, Josh Nesbitt, Morales, Copenhaver, like get these guys the ball. But what Antoine Green is able to do out there as a deep threat is, is a big key to watch. So is Drake May able to continue to get him the ball as he did last week deep? How does that open things up across the middle and in the short and medium game? Another thing I want to watch is can UNC outscore Virginia Tech? Because... 
at least until the defense for the Tar Heels proves itself, I, I'm st- I'm just reticent to trust that Carolina can win by scoring a normal amount and then stopping the other team defensively. As we're going to talk about in just a minute, and, and as we have already looked at, Virginia Tech's offense is even more anemic than was Notre Dame's. But still, the best recipe for any struggling offense right now is to play the Tar Heels. <laughs> and so, like for me, the question is, as stingy as Virginia Tech's defense is, can Drake man the offense score enough to support whatever performance the defense gives? We just we just don't know what that's going to be. And so I think uh, th- there's this pressure probably felt by Drake May and the offense that we've got to keep scoring. There is no amount of points that is enough points to, um, to trust that. As part of that, it's not just that vertical passing game, but can the run game get back on track this week? All four games so far, the total rushing yards have gone down. Now, obviously, as the the opponent on the other side of the football gets better, those yards are, are naturally going to come down. But hear how this precipitous fall has gone. Florida A&M, 314 rushing yards. App State, 215 rushing yards. Georgia State, 183 rushing yards. Notre Dame, 66 rushing yards. And if you think it's going to get any better or easier against Virginia Tech, that's where you're sorely wrong. Notre Dame has allowed 142.3 rushing yards a game this year. Remember, Carolina had 66 against them. Virginia Tech, they're allowing under 100 rushing yards a game. They're sitting at 86 flat right now. So, can Drake May... Can the rushing game get going? Um, can he find can and can the offensive line clear that space for the for Omarion Hampton, for Caleb Hood, for all these guys to get out and George Petaway, Drake May himself to find some of that rushing space um, to get out and go? It, they have to have that in order to create balance with with this passing attack, which has been phenomenal. But if the run game can't hold its own, teams are going to start keying. On, on the passing game and just saying, okay, go ahead and try to beat us on the ground. We're going to force you to. We're not going to let Drake May beat us through the air. So the Tar Heels have to come out and prove that they can run the ball against what will be the stingiest defense rushing-wise that they've seen all year thus far. Didn't go great against Notre Dame again last week, just 66 yards. Really need a rebound. I really need a bounce back for the Tar Heels on the ground. However... The issue, the big picture issue for this week for the offense is the run game almost has to get back on track because you don't know what you're going to be able to do through the air depending on how bad the weather is. You just you just don't really know what to expect. We can get all the weather predictions in the world, but until you actually get out there on the field on Saturday afternoon, you don't know what, what the field condition is going to actually be in terms of, of wetness. You don't know how bad it'll be in terms of what type of rain or wind is actually happening in those three and a half hours on Saturday afternoon and early evening. And so uh, Drake May, the offense, the line, everybody just has to be ready for whatever mother nature throws at them. And so uh, while Drake May has been phenomenal here, I mean, it's just insane what he's been doing. Is he going to be able to do that in whatever weather conditions the Tar Heels face on Saturday? We don't know. 
So what that means is the rushing game almost has to find some space to allow Drake May uh, to be able to just maybe make some some tunnel screen passes, some short some short throws, uh, whatever it is, um, because you got to imagine, like I just talked about how great it was to have um, Antoine Green's vertical threat. Can you even make those kind of throws in whatever weather comes on Saturday. So really, really curious to see what kind of game plan Phil Longo has. And if it's like he's got a, a dry weather game plan coming in and a, a wet weather game plan coming in and, and how um, does he continue to roll out plays and make calls based on even perhaps changing weather throughout the game. So we're just gonna have to wait and see on that. And unfortunately, that's the unpredictability of playing outside maybe we can move this one to the carrier dome up in syracuse or something like that and uh, then you know what kind of offense you can run anyway again we will have to wait and see now the good news though is that just as the weather is going to probably affect carolina on offense the same is going to be true for virginia tech so we'll talk about that in just a second but first let me remind you about our drive four five we are about five weeks away from Carolina's first basketball game of the season. And we have set a goal here on Locked on Tar Heels of getting our YouTube channel up to 5,000 subscribers by the time we hit tip off against UNC Wilmington that first night. So what I'd love to do is invite you to be the very next person to hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Very simple, very easy, doesn't cost you a second and it, and it doesn't cost you a dime, excuse me. And that way, you know, as soon as new episodes of Locked on Tar Heels drop, whether it's full episodes, bonus episodes, just quick uh, hitter things that are coming at you. Another thing, would love to ask you to invite someone else you know and love that that is a Tar Heel fan that might want to come be part of this community as well. Thanks so much for partnering with us and helping us in this drive for five, getting to 5,000. It's coming. It's going to happen. Let's get there together. All right, let's flip to the other side of the ball, when Virginia Tech has the ball, what are we looking at this weekend? Well, the biggest thing for North Carolina, I mean, this is just a big ticket thing. Again, this is the beginning of conference play. If you're not going to be able to figure it out on defense this week against a putrid, frankly, forgive me, and anemic Virginia Tech offense, this is the great time. This is a great opportunity for a fresh start. The question is, are the Tar Heels able to take advantage of it? Seems like they might be able to, but you just don't know. That's the problem. There's nothing that has been able to tell us so far that you can trust that you want to, and you've seen some glimpses of it, but it's got to be consistent. It's got to be 40 minutes, uh, excuse me, 60 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to defaulting to basketball numbers. It's got to be 60 minutes, all four quarters. You got to put that capability in the entire time. As you may be aware, Carolina held a players-only meeting this week following the loss to Notre Dame. And so you, you love to hear those things of like taking responsibility and ownership for who we are and what we're doing. But what does that do on the field? Hopefully, they worked some kinks out. Hopefully, they worked talked some communication things. Um, I hope there were some fingers pointed. I hope there was some blame levied. I hope there was some blame accepted because that's what you got to do. That's what happens in any healthy relationship. My wife and I, we have a phenomenal relationship. You know why? Because we talk about stuff. When we have issues, 
we discuss it. If she's frustrated at me, she brings that to my attention and we discuss it. Same with her. If, I, if I've got a frustration, I'll take it to her and we'll work through it because that's what people do who are teammates, who love each other well on and off the field. And so, I, frankly, I love that they had this players-only meeting and I really, really have cautious optimism that it is going to translate into a great product on the field. But we got to see it. That's the thing. I'm not able and willing to trust it until it's been proven to me. But again, this is the time to take advantage of it. It's the beginning of conference play. It's the beginning of the main part of your season. It's against a bad offense. And um, it, it's coming off of, of just frankly being embarrassed. And more than once, not just against Notre Dame. You got to do it. And it's got to start now. But the second thing I'm watching for when Notre Dame, when Virginia Tech has the ball, excuse me, is the, you thought Notre Dame's offense was anemic coming into last week, but Virginia Tech's is even more so. Uh, Notre Dame, or excuse me, Virginia Tech in their four games has scored 17 points, 27, 27, and 10. They have not yet broken 30, and they did get to 27 twice, and that's nice and Yay, but that's they have not scored four touchdowns in an entire game yet this season. But here's the issue. Notre Dame's offense hadn't done much of anything coming in. Remember, they had only scored 55 combined points in their three games coming into the Tar Heels. They had scored 10, 21, and 24. Not much different than Virginia Tech. But then they exploded for 45 against the Tar Heels. So, I, like, what do we expect? What do you expect to happen? I uh, and, Until we see something different, all I'm going to expect is the same thing. I want to be proven wrong, and I can't wait. Please, please, please prove me wrong, North Carolina defense. One of the great things about it is uh, there have been troubles stopping both the run and the pass, but Virginia Tech is really struggling on the ground. Here are their run totals in their first four games, 136 yards, 144 yards, 133 yards, and last week against West Virginia, 35 yards. They have just one 100-yard rusher on the season. That was in that first game. You know who it was against? Old Dominion. That's all Virginia Tech has done on the ground this year. And so you have hope for that, that this front four can really get going, make some penetration, get in the backfield, allow power echoes, allow Cedric Gray to make stops and jam stuff up. And that that would be huge. And you you have the opportunity to do it against an off an offense, a ground offense at least, that's proved next to nothing this season. But boy, I tell you, if you can't do it against this Virginia Tech ground game, I don't know who you're going to do it against this year. Now, once again, as we already talked about with North Carolina, when they have the ball, the weather could play a huge factor in this. Um, are, are you able to get traction? Are you able to, to cut? And, and that's going to go for, for both teams, you know, the running backs. Are they able to cut and make sharp turns? But same thing in pursuit as a, as a linebacker or as um, a cornerback trying to come up and help in, in run support. Like, are you able to plant and sprint to the ball and or get to the other side of the field or whatever it is you need to do? We're going to just have to wait and see on that. But here's the, the other thing I'm looking at when Virginia Tech has the ball. If, 
if, big if, Carolina can stop the run with a good amount of success, what could that mean for the secondary? Because keep in mind, we, we've discussed on the show, and, and Anthony Pagnotta and I have talked about this a, a good bit this season, it's been both, I mean, really, it's been some at all three levels, but the, the, the two units on the defense that have taken the most heat are the secondary and the line. If the line can do their work in stopping the run, how is that going to benefit the secondary? Well, it should benefit them in a huge way uh, because if the line and the linebackers are able to step up and take care of the run uh, by themselves, then the secondary should be in a better position as well uh, because they know, hey, the, the line's got the run. I can do what I need to do. Um, what you know, what regardless of what um, scheme we're in or whatever zone or man we're playing at a given moment in this game, uh, you're able to step up and do those things. Now, but the other part of that is not only with the run support, but can the line get in to the backfield and cause disruption on pass plays? I, I, I just don't know. And we've not been proven to see that with much regularity this season. And that's what ultimately is going to benefit the secondary. So got to step up, got to make these plays, just absolutely have to have it. Now, on to the predictions. The line for this game is honestly bigger than I thought it would be. North Carolina is favored minus nine. I, I, I legitimately didn't think, given what had happened last week and, and in other close games, that the line would be this big. I, I figured the Tar Heels would be favored, but, you know, like three or four. So this line is minus nine. To me, that is too big. I'm picking the Tar Heels to win straight up, but not to cover. Um, and also a sloppy game in the rain. I'm going to say it keeps the score down lower than the Tar Heels would otherwise be. So give me the Tar Heels 28, Virginia Tech 24. So again, Tar Heels win, but don't cover that nine point spread. That's my prediction for you for this game. Well, friends, that is it for this week on Locked on Tar Heels, where we bring you your team every day. It's been so good to be together. Coming up next week, Virginia Tech recap. Uh, we're going to keep preparing for live action since it's been bumped back a week and uh, all, all sorts of great stuff there and a uh, great uh, conversation with Pat Kilby on Wednesday. We're going to talk about the women's basketball team. Looking forward to that. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Please don't forget, we'd love for you to subscribe to the show. For those of you watching, you can smash the like button. We'd love to hear your comments about what you think is going to happen on Saturday with North Carolina and Virginia Tech. Get more on the ACC by making Locked on ACC your second listen of the day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you around the conference in 30 minutes, five days a week. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope that you are safe wherever you are. I hope that you enjoy the North Carolina-Virginia Tech game. Go Heels, because you know what? It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until next week, peace. <laughs>